let's do it. It is that time once again. We're going to hit the books, part of the Hammer Betting Network, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish, who obviously will have more than a take or two on what happened with his Detroit Lions. I am merely Brad Powers. We'll recap the draft, talk some college football, and hopefully give you a best bet or two on the college football side of things. Uh, a lot of game of the years up. In fact, 79 different games I, I counted before we came on the air. So maybe I'll give you out one or two that I've already bet still holding some value. But first and foremost, let me say this. Well, let's pay some bills here as far as hit the books. It is brought to you by BetStamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, player props. You can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash hit the books or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it helps support the show. Kanish, let's lead it off. You were a man that might have been, you know, needed a couple of extra tissues handy uh, on draft night. Maybe you, you, you've told, they've totally redeemed themselves in the later rounds, but talk to me, man. What the hell were the Detroit Lions thinking on round one on Thursday night? Well, listen, you know, if you caught the live draft stream, you know, Joey K wasn't in the, in the best frame of mind uh, that night, you know, during round one here. Uh, but if you think that I'm going to be, you know, dissuade from, uh, you know, the 2023 Lions just for a couple questionable picks, don't think so, my friend. Um, here, my thought being, now this this will get you in trouble in the NFL when you try and be the smartest guy in the room. However, my thought being that there wasn't a ton of round one grades. They went with, uh, you know, what I would call best player available at uh, three low value positions to start the draft. Some later round picks that people like. Um, I, I can I can sell you on Campbell at eighteen. I can sell you on Laporta. It uh, started the Gibbs at twelve. It, it like I'm really gonna struggle to to sell you, especially like just take Bijan at six. If you're gonna do it. If you're going to do it, just take, like, the all-everything, every-down back at six, as opposed to trading back. I like trading back. I'm always a fan of trading back. I'm not a fan of trading back to take the second-best running back in the draft uh, at 12. So At 12. At 12. Now, you want, you want the glass half-full. You want the glass half-full version is there's been a lot of, like, people are down on the line. And I'll say from a value standpoint, from a long-term perspective, yes, there's there's some questions. From 2023 Lions season, though, what did you get? You got three plug-and-play starters at positions of need. So if anything, if anything, be a tad more bullish on the 2023 Lions, my friend. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you that, that, uh. that, that that's how I draft. I'm not telling you that we got the greatest value. I'm telling you for this season, they needed a back. They needed a linebacker. They needed a starting tight end. Bing, bong, boom. Lions, my friend. Don't let, don't let it dissuade you from this season. What do you think? Uh, you know, obviously the Bears reached big time, I thought, for their uh, tackle. Uh, I thought they, they just took the wrong tackle there. Um, you know, they, had, they didn't have to go too far to scout the guy right down the road from in Northwestern. I can't believe they, they – I mean, they took the guy with higher upside. But if you're going to ask me – uh, about the guy that uh, is going to have a, a five to ten year career. Uh, obviously, it was the Northwestern tackle. Other teams in the division. Why I mentioned the Bears. I thought the Packers tried to do a good job of helping out Jordan Love. Don't you agree with that? Yeah. No. I mean, uh, Packers obviously had a great job. I mean, Bears. You know. I mean, they hit a home run on getting the number one pick and then being able to land. You know, the the bag of riches there for for. So it was really going to be just a. Uh, I think a restocking year for them. I don't think, I think obviously bears, unfortunately future probably looking pretty bright. Um, but I don't think this is, you know, if we're talking this season, uh, it's probably a bit early green Bay. We'll see. Like, you know, I mean, if there was, if there was a division bet I would be making right now, it would be the Packers. You know, I, I don't yeah. think they're the worst team in the division. Uh, you could make an argument that they're very close, you know, up, depending on what you think of Jordan love, those the the best or the second best, you know. I mean, are they should the Lions be plus one thirty and the Packers be plus four fifty? 
unless Jordan Love is just horrific, uh, which I don't think, you know, maybe, maybe rookie year he would have been. I don't think he is now. Uh, that would probably be the value bet there for the division. So, yeah, I think they did a uh, a reasonably nice job adding to it. Uh, and the Bears is kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a drafting for the future type of deal, uh, you know, down the line. Top of the draft. What did you think of Houston uh, trading to get a defensive player? Uh, good defensive player in Will Anderson, but I thought that was kind of expensive. What say you, Kanish? You're the NFL guy. It's it's the ultimate, like, when you don't fire a GM who's on his last leg and you still give them the keys and the GM takes the keys and basically mortgages everything you have to be, to be better right now. Like, I'm going to throw next year's pick out the window, which could be number one, which could be Caleb Williams, which could be the best quarterback, you know, the prospect coming out since Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to give it away for an edge rusher. Uh, I mean, insane, insane, insane. I don't mind taking C.J. Stroud there. Um, I, I thought, I mean, we talked about it. Like, he was probably our second best, you know, favorite quarterback prospect in this draft. Yeah. Some questions around, you know, the mobility, under pressure and all that. I'm not saying he's a lock. I'm saying that the the trade-up for three is, like, absolutely disastrous. And if Stroud is not the guy, you, you're, you've, like, blown up the organization for, like, three to five years. So they better hope Stroud is legit. They better hope Anderson is legit. And they better hope the team is a lot better than, than what they that most people think it could be this year. So they don't end up with the number one pick that they're going to have to give to Arizona. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Uh, how about you personally betting? How'd you do? I, I can tell you how I did first. I've been betting it for seven years. First time I had a losing draft. Uh, I, I lost four different bets laying more than 400. Uh, which I'm not afraid to lay juice uh, in the draft because, yeah. I mean, it's 90-plus percent a lot. And it's stuff that's like minus 350, minus 400, when, when it should be like minus 1,000, minus 1,500. But I, I lost quite a few, four of them. Uh, went like 24 and 14 and still f- found a way to lose money. You want to talk about great bankroll management. <laughs> there you go there. Um, 60, I was... 63% and, and be <laughs> negative, but it, it sucked. Uh, and look, I, a lot of my buddies didn't do well either, so it wasn't just a brain fart on my behalf. A lot of the info I got wasn't great. So what, how'd you do? No, I agree. I was red up until uh, the Quinton Johnson pick. So I, I was staring a – if the Chargers wouldn't have taken QJ there uh, – I was probably staring at a losing position. Um, ended up, you know, uh, a bit okay with that. But again, we're we're talking like I remember the COVID draft being like the most money I've ever won on a single night, like in my entire life. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's just it's just like any of the you know the the edges, the smaller markets, and that I think it's going to be tougher going forward. The misinformation there was out. You know, you have a lot of different groups that are you know, betting as soon as this stuff is out there, making, you know, shaping it, making it harder. So, uh, yeah, and as you said, like, so a lot of the the information I got, some of it from a mutual friend, uh, didn't exactly uh, come to pasture this draft. Um, so, yeah, it was not the, uh, you know, uh, it was not the cash cow that uh, it had been in some years past. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, I, I think it's going to be a little tougher going past. It, also, like, as you said, I mean, there was a couple books in Vegas you said you can get down on, but like the legals uh, were really, really tightening up there. So um, oh, it was, it was tough. And I know some people, yeah, that took you know, that, that, you know, I mean, I don't know anybody that was like, man, you know, just crushed it. So I, I was this close the day before the draft to laying the Richardson over four and a half uh, at like minus four. Like I had it queued up. I, I, I bet almost, it. I bet it. I, I had it. I was this close. And I just said to myself, not the draft to, to lay minus 400. So I just, I just went on it. Uh, and of course, you know, that, that the day of steam there, uh, you know, uh, hits Richardson and they got that Stroud news was like airtight until 90 minutes before the draft. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was crazy. What'd you think of Levis falling? Number one. I mean, personally, I agreed with it when you and I both hate Will Levis. Uh, so, on that behalf, you know, I, I I I was not shocked to see that, but odds movement, I was stunned because I don't think I've ever seen a guy that was like minus fifteen hundred to go top five, not even be drafted at all in the first round. 
stunned by that because typically, I mean, let's be honest, who's been in the draft? Guys like you and me. Not, not, not that I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I mean, it is guys that 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 you know routinely you know win more than they lose on average. And to see something minus fifteen hundred top five and not even going the top thirty one, stunning to me. Uh, I, I lost a little bit on Levis there because I thought everything that I had read. At least lead, until the Stroud stuff 90 minutes before, I thought at the very least he's going to go four to the Colts. So yeah. I had, you know, I wasn't afraid to lay under four and a half positions. So that was a double whammy over four and a half for Richardson, under four and a half for Levis, all down the drain. Yeah, that was one like we always preach, like, you know, leave your own draft opinions out of it. You've got to follow the information. You got to follow the market. You got to follow the report. If we just would have went with what we thought about Will Levis, yeah. which is terrible, uh, which is apparently what everybody else thought, too. They just used it as leverage to, to try and, uh, you know, move around other quarterbacks. And it was all bad info out there. Uh, you know, we could have. And then, you know, we were talking about, uh, I mean, we said on the show a few weeks ago that. Um, you know, we, it was a bad price, uh, ended up being a bad price on the under four and a half QBs, but that one of them could fall out. Uh, and, and I will tell you, if the Colts don't Trouble. take Anthony Richardson, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he would have fell out of the first round. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know who ends up taking him at the, you know, I think he would have, you know, fallen through the teens and the twenties and that. So yeah, once it got past that, that top end, uh, the quarterback there, it was just like, you know, you're, you're not using a round one pick on one of those guys. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Hooker falls all the way to 68 um, to, to, you know, and, and now maybe, listen, I don't know. I, I don't hate it at, at 68. I would have hated it at, at 18. Uh, at 68, whatever. I know he's old, but, uh, I mean, if you're telling me who I think is yeah. going to be a better NFL quarterback, Richardson, Levis, or Hooker, I would I would tell you Hooker. I don't I think would that's the ceiling. Yeah, I would say it too. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that because you know I have any affiliation towards the Lions. I'm just telling you what, what my eyes showed me watching college football the last couple of years. Uh, it was funny. A couple of other colleagues, so to speak, questioned our under four and a half, and obviously it was a bad price. But you and I speculating, like, look, we don't like these quarterbacks outside the top two, and uh, we ended up being right for a change. The, uh, the the NFL draft experts, you know, laughing at us, ended up being easily wrong i mean for getting under four and a half we would have won under three and a half i was gonna say so. I, I asked a few people if they saw any uh like alternate three and a half price i don't think there was one out there uh but i i would have you know was fancying to see what like the under three and a half uh you know could have been if it was there um because yeah that was uh you know once I, I say once he start once it got out of the top 10 then you're like this yeah. might go like yeah like yeah they, they might not go like it, it just well, wasn't so you get the smarter franchises as you get, you know, towards the end of the draft. And it's funny how the smart franchises are never drafting in the top 10. And yet all of a sudden yet seem to have the best drafts, you know, Ravens for so many years, the Steelers continue to have good drafts, even though they're ne never dra drafting the top 10. Looks like the Eagles have figured some yeah, things out really, as far yeah, as, Oh, wow, wow. What a concept drafting really good productive players from really good football teams yeah. in college football. Who would have also <laughs> get, get the lot. I mean, I will say if you want, if they wanted to move on from Deandre Swift. Okay. You trade him to the E like your main contender in the A and NFC. And like, now, nah, I mean, Deandre Swift, I know he hasn't been healthy when he's healthy. His numbers are like off the charts. Like great. Like no. he's been great. So yeah, I didn't love, I mean, yeah, I, uh, the Eagles just absolutely crushed it. Eagles are like an all-star SEC team from the last five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they can rein in uh, Jalen, again, I, that's another move I didn't like, of, like passing on Jalen Carter because, uh, and so now the Eagles are reigning. So yeah, they, uh, they, they had quite a weekend. Let me get to a comment, a couple comments in the in the chat. Uh, one from uh, Kyle Estrada. Uh, do you guys think Goodell was hammering down on teams, keeping it tight with more and more legalized gambling or just an anomaly? I just think it, it's tough to get down as it is. I mean, market entry is tough because you're getting people that, that, you know, as soon as something gets posted, they, you know, they don't care if it's a $50 limit. People are betting it. I'm not going to criticize it because, you know, I bet openers in college football and whatnot. Uh, but but there are people out there doing that. And then, I mean, here in Vegas, I mean, it was very limited opportunities. Circa was probably the best because they, they had about 30 guys you could bet, like a grand over under their draft position. 
that's fine. I, I just they're pretty much the only book allowed that. William Hill and Caesars were was okay, but other than that, I mean Westgate had their NFL draft props up for like 16 hours and they took them down. That's it, 16 hours. Uh yeah, I just I, I don't think there's anything on Goodell. It's just tougher market. I mean, the books got beat up a few years. They put them out, start, you know, really got aggressive in 2020 because there wasn't anything to bet on during the COVID. And, you know, since that year, it's gotten less and less and less. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on it? No, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a good deal. I just think for, you know, it's it's funny the way things work. Like, I think for after so many red years, a lot of books took like the the ultimate, like just like risk averse stance this year. And it's funny because this is the year that they probably would have like been in. the oh, they like, won. <laughs> If you would have just like let people rip this draft, you probably would have like uh, rolled it. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, not that I'm, you know, any other sports, but I'm feeling bad for the, you know, the, the big corporation there. But um, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Like, I just think it, they took a risk averse stance after a lot of years and uh, for it just happened to, to turn out that this was a draft that they probably would have raked on couple of thoughts uh, in the comments about next year's draft. Number one, let me say this. I think next year's draft, especially at the top, is so much better. Uh, I mean, yeah. quarterback Caleb Williams, Drake May, I think is an outstanding prospect. If you're looking to reach for somebody, I actually like K.J. Jefferson's a much better, more accurate passer. Uh, if you're looking for a physical specimen than, than, than Anthony Richardson, I mean, Jordan Travis is a unique uh, quarterback prospect. There's so many prospects at quarterback next year. There'll be five, six guys going next year in the first round, in my opinion, a quarterback. Wide receiver, yeah, I do like Harrison quite a bit. Uh, a couple years down the line, I like this Texas A&M kid. I just watched their spring game on Saturday. Uh, Evan Stewie? Stewart, wide receiver, yeah. is elite, like first-team All-American-esque. Wait till you get to their defensive line, too, in a couple years. Uh Next year, I mean, I I haven't bet anything uh, next year. Anything you're looking for next year yet? I'm, I'm no, not. You know, I saw uh, you know, kind of friend of the show. I know college football guy uh, Colin Wilson say something about Harrison one. I just just like I don't see any scenario where the team drafting one, even if they don't need a quarterback, just does what the Bears do and leverages that for uh, for Caleb Williams. Where um, it's just one of those years when you got that type of transcendent like just prospect coming out, especially with some of the other quarterbacks you mentioned. Uh, I don't, I think Harrison will be the lock, no doubt. Number one, right wide receiver. Um, yeah. But he's not going to go number one overall. Defensive player in the 2024 draft. I got to think, uh, shoot. I mean, I'd have to look at the odds. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I haven't looked at the uh, early. I think, you know, one of the, the JTT kid from Ohio State's going to be good. Defensive end, he might explode onto the scene this year. Dallas Turner for Alabama. Uh, be yeah, a, a Jared Verse, Florida State. Jared uh, Verse, yeah, Jared Verse yeah. is a real deal. That's one. Uh, I don't know yet. I think it's more offensive dominated next year, to be honest with you. Uh, between the quarterbacks, wide, wide outs, uh, yeah, I, I could see a defensive player not go in the top four or five. But yeah, that versus is a really good uh, pass rusher. And I'm surprised he came back because he would have been a first rounder this year, in my opinion. The fact that he came back was a surprise, although he probably got paid. Uh, I'm yeah. hearing three, four hundred K is what he got at least come back. At least that's that's on the up and up, too. There could be some other stuff. Uh, a couple <laughs> other things uh, uh, in the chat. Yeah, minus 550 for uh, to go first overall for uh, Caleb Williams. I agree when you got to. You know, Look, he deserves to be the favorite, but I mean, Drake May is a pretty good damn prospect. I'd actually yeah. take Drake May over Bryce Young this year just because he has the size sure. and whatnot. There aren't too many questions on his game. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would like to bet the no. Uh, you know, if you gave me a good price there, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything, anything else draft related before we start talking uh, some little hockey. Uh, and then we get to some college football here. Anything on the draft? No, I would say that uh, you know puts a nice bow on it for uh, 2023 draft. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I again, I, I agree with. I wouldn't be laying like you know anything this this far out, especially like that type of juice. Uh, it's just not. I mean, I guarantee you, you you, you like look at the odds changes the in this year's draft. Yeah. In the two years. Yeah. I mean, you could have gotten yeah. plus money on Bryce Young. You could have. I mean, uh, so yeah, I way too early. Uh, and for that too much uncertainty there and really how much can you get down and look how much the money that you know uh <laughs> leaving your money up for a year i just 
yeah. I, as I get older, I just get less and less interested in that unless it's ridiculous odds. Do you bet uh, in the chat, uh, Jacob Duffy, uh, do you guys bet the ponies at all? I don't. Uh, I, I've, I bet I, I made like a couple of horse bets. That's in my entire life. Kentucky Derby just at a party. That's it. Uh, I've done, I have like PTS. The worst beat I ever had on uh, like any bet ever was that Kentucky Derby from like three or four years ago yeah. uh, where maximum security won. And I had like a massive, massive price uh, and was like in Florida in a hotel room with like having a part and just like absolutely went crazy. Uh, I had like everybody on it, family members and stuff. Uh, and then it would then get it all. Like, I've also had like, had a gr- couple of great folios over the years with the Derby from uh, my guy, Chris Kelly, uh, if you follow on Twitter, uh, people would know, um, and just lost and just had great numbers and great folio and like morning line favorites and lost and lost and lost. So, uh, no, I hate horse racing, to be honest with you. So I don't have uh, I don't have a tip this year. Uh, Mr. Kelly's got uh, he's he's got two younger kids, so he's been busier than normal. So um, I don't have much on the ponies uh, this year, which is probably a good thing, because all it has been is, for me is just pain, 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 pain. Fair enough. Uh trip in the chat do you guys allocate a specific percentage of bankroll for your future bets uh that's a good question uh it really depends obviously it's on a different grading scale for me uh like i'll, I'll use it easier for, for a game like i mean during a season if i think something's off a half point around a key number obviously i'm firing for bet for me to bet into a game of the year line i need more more than three points this time of year uh to, to, to fire in a bet on that so uh, it, it's a different grading scale. Do I set aside something? Uh, maybe 20, 25%. Uh, it's different for me. Uh, I, I seem to find more cash as we get closer to football season. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's different kind of each year too. I mean, it kind of depends on how good the market is. Last year's market was the best I've ever seen in far, as far as college football win totals, uh, week one, it, it was the best I've ever had as far as an off season summer betting. In this industry, you can't expect that to happen the following year. So uh, I don't know this year. I have made about 50 bets already. I'm not afraid to bet if I think I have an edge. But, yeah, I would say 20 25%. Uh, what say you, Kanish? Yeah, I think we, you know, we are not afraid, especially on this show, to, to fire and get it in early, uh, especially if you're getting – if you're good and good. I mean, if you – if you don't bet it, somebody else is going to. Um, so I don't mind, yeah. uh, you know, get, getting it again. Now, if I'm if I was, you know, more limited, I don't want to sound like a douche, but if I was, you know, more limited, uh, you know, cash strapped or one of those, like it, where you know having a small butt, got the capital to to expend there, and so if it got good numbers on that, uh, or there's prices I want to buy, I'm just I'm just gonna go get them. So yeah, as you said, I don't. I mean, we're already in May, and like last year, there was a lot more. Uh, like options in terms of already stuff out there. So uh, as you said, I don't think it'll be as plentiful. And I tell you that like the realignment thing, I guarantee has everybody like shook to the core uh, in terms of not being the one that wants to like put this stuff out. So that's why you've seen even like you've seen only power five futures at a couple of places, only power five win totals. Um, So I, I don't think anybody wants to be first in terms of like, setting these new uh you know futures are really with like a totally realigned conference because i wouldn't want to be the one putting that out there uh you know if i was yeah. in the trading room so um we'll see and i think they were smart though i mean the portal just closed so i mean mm-hmm. I, if i was running a sports book i wouldn't put anything up and even you know college football is my baby doll i wouldn't put anything up until you know i wouldn't even think about it until this week to be honest with you uh I, I, me personally, I would like to have a couple more weeks to sift through the portal a little bit. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping there isn't a rush here in the next two weeks. Uh, but you know, I, I'm ready to fire, but I mean, I'm hoping May 15th, uh, instead of, you know, sometime this week, uh, I, I'll just be a little bit better prepared. Let's talk before we talk a little bit more college football. Do want to get, because you had an outstanding round one, unlike other people affiliates uh, uh, oh uh, you know i mean i want to hear some joey names. pucks locks Loretto. uh let's go let's get a little joey ice here uh so again <laughs> just to, to so people aren't like uh you know like this is actually coming from i just get bets down for a sharp uh person here um so oh, for round two uh if you can get we're on like actual game bet, uh, Tuesday, May 2nd, the Stars 
under. There's some minus... Uh, uh, I see DraftKings says minus 115, so under 5.5, minus 115 for an actual game bet uh, on the stars there. Uh, Circa is minus 125. Uh, I think that's a little closer to fair. So if you've got minus 115 or better, I see a couple of those out there. That's a bet. Series price-wise, uh, we went back to the well with the Oilers. So basically, Oilers is like best price you find out there over the night. Panthers at 155 or better. That's not too widely available, but there's a couple of like I see you at 155. There's one place 158. Uh, so that that's pretty thin, but 155 or better. And then our famous our the, the one loss we had last round was the Stars beating the Wild. Uh, gonna go back to the well with a uh, another Stars fade with the Kraken. Again, this is another one that's a little thin. 165 or better. Um, I played some 170. This morning, I think there's a uh, one place, a BOL has a 165 there. So see a couple of other uh, places that want. So a couple of those are thin. But again, to recap, Oilers, best price available. Panthers, 155 or better. Kraken, 165 or better. And then actual game bet uh, for tomorrow night, stars under 5.5, minus 115 or better. There you go. Rabbit fire, folks. Off season, we got picks. Joey Pucks. Joey there Ice. we go. Hey, listen, we got like it. We're not going to let the people die. If we had more college football, that but instead we got to we got to get the ice going here with uh, slim pickings. So, uh, I, and listen, man. I know there's a lot of least. I know every person outside of the two people here that works for this company is probably a least fan. So, um, yeah, it just uh, it's the price. I mean, again, just playing prices here. Uh, I know people. I know every Maple Leafs. I know every. In Canada is going to be. I'd probably go to Pro Line and get like Panthers plus four eighty. So yeah, maybe I should <laughs> have Zach go down to the Pro Line and get like you know, uh, you know, Panthers uh, hundred to one to win the series. But um, yeah, I, I just uh, it was a little bit of a uh, just a numbers play there uh, from our guy at Panthers. Let's go to college football. And I'm just going to lead with this with a bet. Oh, I know. I hope I know where you're going. I think was actionable over the weekend. Uh, We're going to go to DraftKings. So anybody listening right now live to this, we're going to go to DraftKings. They have a ton of college game of the years up. Uh, We're going to go to a game on September the 16th. It's moved a point, point and a half. I think it's going to move two points, maybe in the matter of five minutes here. I'm going to lay eight points. With Washington, Washington minus eight. Why am I, why am I going to lay minus eight with Washington here? I'll tell you why. QB one and wide receiver one and cornerback one for Michigan State hit the transfer portal uh, just yesterday. I fired uh, as soon as that news was breaking. I think matchup-wise, Washington's a terrible matchup there you go. considering that, that news of losing your quarterback wide receiver and cornerback. Why? It's going to be a shootout because Washington arguably has the best passing offense outside of USC in the entire country. And I don't want a young quarterback in his first big game. I don't want, you know, limited options at wide receiver. I already got a shaky Michigan State pass defense has been their weakness the last two years, and now I'm losing a cornerback. I just don't see how they keep pace with Washington. Am I a big fan of laying points on the road, Pac-12 against Big Ten? Not really, but Kalen DeBoer to me is a really good coach. They're a loaded team. I watched both of these teams' spring games, and I just I didn't see it beforehand with Michigan State. I didn't see a lot of optimism. You and I talked about it. I was like, I don't think they're going to have a winning season. Now I know they're not going to have a winning season in East Lansing. I'm not a fan of Mel Tucker, so uh, for me, I'm going to lay it here. I think this closes, uh, you know, 10-ish. What say you, Kanish? No, I agree. I know this is one that, uh, you know, started out a lot lower in the, you know, summer has been better, but I, I, that's only the only way. I mean, Keon Como is the best player on the entire team, offense or defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a guy who has a chance to be a, a first round pick. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, word on the street, there's been some LSU, not only in like college football, but in like, <laughs> like women's bad, they're, they're, they're not they're afraid to spend money down there at LSU. And, uh, Word on the street was uh, they had been making overtures to a lot of players, and I think Mr. Coleman was one of them. Um, and I, I, not only from the, the talent perspective, but, uh, I mean, you have your starting quarterback, your best player, and another corner, like, bail on you at, like, the, the 11th hour before the portals closes. What's um, going on? There's a little something wrong with the brew there. And they fa- – I mean, 
they lost their two of their best position coaches. Uh, yeah, there's there's some heat happening there in East Lansing. Uh, you know, and, and they I, they didn't change out. You know, the the defensive coordinator who I really don't like. Um, and I mean, you've got the I, I tell you what, and I'm not to be like a culture guy, but like they've churned so much of the portal there in the last few years. It's like you've got this revolving door of new guys where. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, most of them haven't really turned out to be great players that I don't know. I, we, I mean, we thought the, the we, again, we were not optimistic about the, the Michigan state season before this. Now it's like, Whoa. I, and I, I think they've got a couple of okay quarterback options beyond Thorne, but they got nobody to replace Coleman. The secondary was bad. And now Brenton Lee's gone. Um, and just the overall optics of it uh, is not is not good, especially like there were some guys posting on Instagram about the Coleman thing um, that and they had been trying like they had been really, really trying to keep him and putting NIL packages in front of him. Um, and it looks like he he really I mean, to, to go at the last second there, uh, that that is really tough. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Michigan State's up against it this year. Uh, be interested to see what they're their win totals come out around five maybe i'll have to look at their schedule uh but yeah i uh and, and let me be perfectly clear i don't think peyton thorne's worth that much i but he is a two-year starting quarterback and now you're going to a guy that really don't neither quarterback that noah kim and the hauser kid that has you know a, a strong arm but i just i don't think he's been able to put it together uh just either one's still at least you got to put early in the season. It's still a point or so downgrade uh, on a Michigan State power rating, at least. And I look, Keon Coleman's a guy that's you know one of those rare position guys mm-hmm. outside of quarterbacks worth a half point or a point. To be yeah. honest with you, when when you don't have anybody else, and, and he's an All American caliber, or at the very least, an All Big Ten caliber uh, yeah. wide receiver. Uh, yeah, and and a cornerback, like, a quarter. They of went points, through so. this spring with Thorn getting like reps with the ones and giving him the spring game with the ones uh yeah, that's what they were saying oh he got bit in the michigan state because we, we, i joked beforehand you know perusing <laughs> yeah, michigan state message boards, but a little bit the message boards are saying oh thorne got beat out i'm like you're a michigan state fan did you buy watching the spring game thorne got all the number one reps in the spring yeah. game i mean they said there was a competition but i came away thinking ah thorne's gonna be the starter so yeah that that makes it even another level of uh I don't, I don't know. Uncertainty there. So yeah, that's, it's going to be quite, they lost, they also, they lost like their, their internal recruiting staff, uh, a couple guys off that. They've got like no commits for the next cycle so far. Um, it's going to be, I mean, and you've got, you've got this, you know, Jimbo Fisher situation similar where like after last year, if Jimbo wasn't like guaranteed another like seven years of money, he would have been fired. Right. I, there, yeah. You're going to be in a situation where you could go four and eight, and what are you going to do? No one's going to cut yeah, the guy out seventy million dollar check. He's just going to bring him back. So yep. yeah, I don't. I'm. I am a little surprised though. They didn't shift some of the the pieces around on staff more. So um, the guys who left didn't leave because they got pushed out. They left because they were they like the best position going. They got hired away. So man, yeah, that's it's going to be a little bit of a sweat there in East Lansing. I do agree with Jacob uh, in the chat. I did the one position I came away and I, I liked was running back. I liked the Connecticut transfer there. Yeah, and the Carter is yeah. a decent backup. Yep, that was one takeaway I, that I liked uh, from Michigan State. But I, I just I don't see him keeping pace with Washington as far as a matchup early on because I Washington's going to have success through the air. Did last year uh, in, in that game. A uh, couple more teams I want to get to, and then you you I'll, I'll leave you the board. Uh, Let's talk other shocking transfer news last week. But since we last talked, Tyler Buckner to Alabama. Uh, is there, <laughs> t- I mean, is there it's very concerning in, uh, to me that Alabama. I mean, I'm not stunned by the news, but I am a little surprised. Uh, number one, I mean, especially if Tyler Buckner, if, if they think he's going to be the starting quarterback, then Alabama's in worse shape than I thought because I I'm not a big Tyler Buckner fan. I mean, there was such a considerable difference between Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner. In that spring game, it was like like watching two different teams. I mean, the way Notre Dame – I'm obviously a Notre Dame fan. I, the way they split up the teams, you would have said – I mean, there's people joking that made Tyler Buckner's team like a touchdown favorite because he had all the skill position. First team, guys, he can't do anything. Zero points. Sam Hartman's playing with walk-ons at skill position. Boom, bang, three touchdowns in one half. And the fact that they think Tyler Buckner can go without a spring – 
Alabama seen their quarterbacks in the spring and they're going to choose to take Notre Dame's backup. I mean, I know he has experience in the Tommy Reese offense and he's, sh- he's shown some flashes of like decent athletic ability, strong arm, but he's not a, an accurate, consistent passer. He has more interceptions and touchdowns. He's thrown four pick sixes. He can't stay healthy. He's had like three or four significant injuries in the last four years. He's barely played in the last four years. I don't get it, man. Alabama, in my opinions, is as vulnerable as I've seen him in 15 years. What say you, Kanish? I because it's like he also like his skill set kind of already mirrors the guys they have, which are like kind of athletic quarterbacks, but not super accurate. You're worried about like Milrow push the ball down the field, or is Simpson going to be accurate enough? Is he turn the ball over too much? And then you bring in almost the guy who's had all those career issues. It's kind of more of a running quarterback to at his best. So I don't. I guess I mean I think you know this was a like a Reese backstop there of like, again, and, but like, is he going to go into your fall campus QB one? I don't know if that's going to get the job done in a, you know, in an sec uh, West there, which, which has a lot of tough team, which has LSU on the come up A&M on the come up, you know, some Arkansas, like it is not a, uh, you know, the cakewalk that the, that the East might be. So um, yeah. And I know Bama had like, you know, an absolutely like bananas recruiting class, but as we've seen, those are guys that you can't rely on a ton year one uh, to, you know, be, I mean, A&M, Miami, they, they fell into that trap, uh, you know, when it, all those five stars, but like, it, you know, there's still 18 year old kids coming in, like, uh, you know, no matter how talented they are. So uh, yeah, I think um, this, this, this might be like a throwback year of like, we're going to run the ball and like, you yeah, know, I think do a is. lot of RPO and line up. Like, cause like, I don't think they they have the option to to do anything other, you know, that that, that that's kind of got to be their offense. So, yeah, um it's I mean, this could be and then you know, if things go a little like uh yeah, where, where is how how much longer Saban got and I'm shocked that they didn't pay up for a, a transfer quarterback after like cuz it was kind of like once Young was leaving, you knew you had a bit of an issue. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the apparently the Drake May overtures didn't come through and they didn't, you know, whether it was be Spencer Pratt or any of that. or any, I'm I'm just surprised that that they're in this position now having to take Buckner uh, basically after he got pushed out of ND. Yeah, and I mean, I, I go back to this. I mean, if Tommy Reese loved him so much, he took Sam – Tommy Reese is the one that decided to take Sam Hartman. He was still at Notre Dame to take him over Buckner. So uh, if he loves Buckner so much, he didn't just four months ago. Uh, I mean, he thought he needed to bring in Sam Hartman. So I I just – wow, I, I'm a little su- surprised by that. Uh, in the chat, some LSU talk. Yeah, I mean, my only hang-up is the game is in, you know, in Tuscaloosa this year. If it wasn't – I would be, you know, pounding on the table right now that LSU is the team to beat in the West. It's just Alabama gets all these toss-up games at home this year, Texas, Tennessee, LSU. But, I mean, I'm getting close to moving LSU ahead of Bama in my power rating. Uh, If LSU adds, you know, if if these rumors come true with some of these transfers, uh, LSU might bump ahead of Alabama. And, therefore, obviously, if you're looking at game of the years, you can do the math. Uh, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink there. Uh, yeah. On, uh, no, I would agree. The so, only, yeah, the holdup would be, you know, the LSU. Uh, I mean, obviously having, you know, Florida State in the non-con and then a lot of yeah. tough road games, uh, you know, start. I mean, that Vegas, game's legit pick them, Florida State. I mean, I kind of lean towards LSU in that one, but I mean, I wouldn't be. It, it's a take. I'll take three either situation. If you give me three on yeah. Florida State, I'll take it. Three on LSU, I'll take it. So, uh, and then you're in the like, game. If they lose that game, then you're sitting there with LSU, like basically needing to run the table, right? To kind of get into the, yeah. you know, potentially like they're not going to be able to have, they're not going to be able to lose that Bama game or anything and still get in there. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't it, see it, that. And still Brian a, Kelly, too. I mean, I, he's, he was fortunate last year. Like, I think what happened in a few of their games, you know, inflated their, you know, what, what they're capable of. I mean, I, I do like what I've seen. I think they're a better team than last year, and last year's team won the West. But also keep in mind, they won on the final play against Alabama. They bent Auburn shit down their legs so much in that game. I think the 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 postgame win expectancy had Auburn like 90-some percent, and somehow LSU won that game. K.J. Jefferson's a, a late scratch. Otherwise, Arkansas beats them the week after LSU upsets Alabama. So, I mean, it's still a tough – 
you know, it is the SEC West. Uh, there's still a lot of talented teams there. So, yeah, I am not bad in LSU future yet. I, I can tell you at, at that point. Uh, yeah, 22 to 1, yeah, wouldn't have been bad. I don't think it's trading there now. I think more in the 15 to 1, I think, range. Uh, trying to think if there's anything uh, that else caught my eye. I will say that Alabama, you spoke of the true freshman. I like the running back that Justin Haynes kid is going to be really good. Really good. Saban yeah. loves it already. Caleb Downs at safety is a stud uh, five-star kid. That, that'll probably start right away for him as true freshman. But, man, Alabama, that Texas game is going to be tough because uh, I just don't know how well they match up with Texas. I mean, if that quarterback spot isn't, you know, I mean, Bryce Young won him that game last year in Texas. Right. You don't have a Bryce Young out there to bail you out. I mean, Alabama's a three-loss team each of the last couple of years. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not betting under nine and a half Alabama wins, but my, I, I would not be stunned if this is the year where we start to see the slide really starting to happen. And look, it happens in every sport. I mean, I'll just use college football the greats. I mean, Bear Bryant, Joe Pa, bunch of the guys. You could see the slide at the end of their careers. I mean, yeah. Look, Father Time's undefeated. He's seventy now. No, I, I hear you like, yeah, I agree. You're kind of starting to see some some chinks in the armor there. And again, as you say, they still crushed the recruiting class, but uh, I just shocked they didn't uh, further address a position. One, I know this has been, we've talked to uh, every college football show uh, on earth has talked probably too much Coach Prime, but I was talking with some, Yeah, like, let's talk it. Yeah, I was going to be the other team. Yeah, let's talk it. Made, uh, like, and again, this isn't like, a, I don't want to say like, Colorado was rock bottom. So, like, just the notoriety and stuff he's brought to the pro. Has he made a little bit of a roster miscalculation here in terms of, like, they're of being down to, like, 20 scholarship guys and having almost nobody in the trenches, like, three D linemen on the roster? Uh, I, I, you've just, we've never seen a team bringing in, like, 50 to 60 guys in this short of a time when it's all frame. said and like, done. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems – I think this year one is going to be just like an absolute epic disaster. And I know we've talked about the wind toll and that. It, it's gone far and beyond the amount of roster churn that that I think that like any, I think anybody would have thought and I thought was even like doable. Um, and I don't – and I still haven't seen – like I've seen a few guys talking about like taking Colorado visits. There hasn't been like this – like, oh, here's boom, here's a dozen guys day one that, like, committed to Colorado. Um, I don't know how he's going to fill up the team. <laughs> There's been a half dozen or so guys that just don't move the needle for me, a lot of backups. Uh, and, yeah, they're talented out of high school, but for some whatever reason they didn't put it together, they're backups at Florida State and whatnot. Uh, I just don't – the, the difference in player – uh, level as far as the transfer portal compared right now compared to what it was in January when you have the Sam Hartmans and, and, and uh, you know the Learys and, and a bunch of other these players available and right now I mean it's night and day I mean well, we talked about it last week if you're you know you pull up the 247 the top 300 transfers like currently that are available now there was like five or six out of the top 300 were available right now so I just don't maybe I guess if they pull a bunch of grad transfers I could see it but there's no question that post-spring, there was probably five or six guys that entered that portal that they didn't want. And they pushed a lot of guys out. But there was yeah. five or six guys, key depth guys, maybe even guys that are going to be starters that entered the portal they didn't expect. And I just don't see it. And, look, I know they're in the Pac-12. The reality is Pac-12 is a lot better than what it was even a couple of years ago. I mean, they got, there's five, six legitimate teams. And I would say almost all of them, with the exception of maybe Stanford, Arizona, and Arizona State, that, that's it. I mean, everybody else is more talented than Colorado. So I'm I, any position that I've been able to take uh, anti-Colorado, I have. And people can say whatever I want. I'm a hater or what, whatever. Uh, I'm giving Dion the benefit of the doubt. I have in my power rings right now, Colorado is the most improved team in the country. And I still can only get like two and a half, three wins. That's it. And, and I've upgraded their power rating like two touchdowns from last year. No, and as you know, we touched on that. Like when you're trying to rebuild the trenches, the transfer portal is not the, like the the really good defensive and offensive linemen. There's usually only a handful of them. They yeah. all get picked up by the top programs, uh, and then as you said, you're talking about guys that that either weren't starters or are from smaller programs. Uh, 
and you just there's just not that many got like 300 pound talented guys out there uh inside right. so he's going to be taking a lot of uh a lot, a lot of questionable talent um just just to have enough bodies on both lines so yeah this could be uh i i don't know i think they they've made a bit of a a miscalculation there in terms of uh in terms of just roster management yeah and we'll see what ends up happening i just think We've never seen it before, so, I mean, it is an historical outlier. I like to bet against outliers, so, I mean, that's why I've tried to fade Colorado as much as I can. Uh, I mean, it'll be a decent data point moving forward. We can see how it works. I don't I, – you know, I'm just being negative. I don't I don't think it works. I don't think it's going to be great. Uh, I just – I mean, 13 guys from last year's – from the scholarships. There's 83 scholarship players on last year's roster. 13 are left in, one, in less than a calendar year. That, that has never happened. And he doesn't have a talent base like Lincoln Riley had last year. I know Lincoln Riley turned over not near as much, but he still turned over 40 or 50 guys last year on SC, had a lot of success. Still doesn't, I mean, he had a much b- bigger talent base than what Colorado has. And the transfers, and even like said, their defensive last trenches year. were a disaster last year. Like that, that's uh, USC they were and that's their trenches were bad. Went 11 and one. That, that was a eight and four, nine and three team parading around 11 and one. And guess what? It caught up to them in the last two games of the season. Utah yeah. smacked them in the Pac 12 title game. Tulane beat them in the bowl. So finally, I mean, a team was number one in the country in turnover margin. If they weren't, I mean, eight and four, nine and three. So improved, but not, you know, what everyone's making them out to be. I will say, speaking of transfer portal, team that did upgrade and, and took some key guys at the line of scrimmage was USC. And they arguably took the top offensive lineman available post-spring, the kid from Wyoming, and they took the best defensive lineman, the Alexander kid from Georgia. So that was a team. I came out of spring. I'm like, they need a couple more guys at the line of scrimmage. I'm not buying the hype right now. Well, they got a couple guys. So in, in my power ranks, USC has kind of separated themselves from the Utah, Washington, Oregons of the world where I'd favor them on a neutral field where, you know, by three points or so over those teams. So they did hit a home run in the portal. A- any other news that's caught your eyes here in the last uh, week uh, is around the portal? No, I think that was the, uh, the I'd be interested to see. I think now, as you said, the next week or two, like where some of these kids land, uh, especially some of the, the pre, I mean, Keon Colon's uh, one that we'll definitely have an eye on there. So I'll be interested to see some of the, the shuffle that happens here. Uh, Coming up. Oh, where's Peyton, uh, where, where have you heard Peyton, where, where's Peyton Thorne going? Auburn? Some or of the MSU. Yeah, there was some Auburn buzz yesterday. Uh, in terms of, I again, not from, uh, it was more from like the, the message boards, not from like, you know, the 24 credible reporter types, but yeah. Auburn was the rumor that was was trying to get him. Um, so we'll see. So I don't know exactly uh, where he'll land yet, but that that was the, the early, uh, you know, kind of rumor in the clubhouse. Uh, Along with like every person being rumored to, you know, Colorado there, uh, that is have for having spots open. So yeah, we'll see where a couple of these guys land and kind of who's reshaping uh, the roster in the next one, getting kind of a couple of critical positions next week or two. More wins this year, Jackson State or Colorado? Uh Jackson State. Yeah, there's easy, still easy some Jackson. Yeah, there's yeah, still there's plenty still of guys some, uh... there, and they play in a bad division, uh, bad, bad conference, and you know. I, I I can tell you without even looking at it, it's Jackson State. Yeah, but I will say this. I bet FCS. I will be betting against Jackson State. I don't think they're downgrading <laughs> yeah, their power they're rating they're enough not be, to yeah. start the season because uh, that's a dumpster fire too. But, yeah, the, and one thing I want to mention, because I went back through it. I'm like, man, Dion, like everyone told, well, he turned over the roster at Jackson State and won immediately. Well, yeah, he had more talent than everybody else. And I just I you know, throw out the COVID year. Because uh, I mean, 2020 was all sorts of messed up. I looked at the last two years where he had a great record, but I looked at, at the best teams he faced, and there was only six that had comparable talent to Jackson State that he faced. Jackson State went three and three in those games, and I'm talking teams. Well, how did I com- compute it? I just looked at teams in the top 200 of Jeff Sagarin's power rings, which aren't perfect, but they're a good starting off point for an FCS power rating. Went three and three against the six best teams he faced. Every other team that he faced, they were significantly favored. Kudos to him. They won every game. But how many games can he say that on the schedule this year? Colorado State, Stanford, maybe. Everybody else is going to have more talent than him. So I just I think he's in for a rude awakening, a guy that's been better than everybody else in his coaching career, in his playing career. Uh, I just How does he handle it when it doesn't go well? I, I'm kind of – I mean, I like that he's kind of honest and candid, but – 
man, when you get your teeth kicked down your throat, I'm not sure that's going to work very well. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that, Kanish? Yeah, this will be obviously the first time kind of like facing the uh, the adversity there for, for Dion and Ted, and especially like, yeah, as you said, if it, I think it's it's not only going to be like, there's a, there's a chance where it's ugly. Like, not just like, yeah, we kind of yeah. lost, you know, had a disappointing season, you know, went five and seven or so. Like, there's a chance it's like, one and 11 with a ton of games where you're getting like smashed. So I don't know. I, I don't know how much, uh, you know, leeway he's got there and how, how he handles it. And I know like it's one of those where, you know, when the cameras are around and you're giving them big speeches and everybody's coming in and you know, that's one thing uh, different, you know, when the cameras are around and you, you just got, you know, you lost by 60 to USC. So uh, it will, we will see. I'll be rooting for TCU, Nebraska, uh, anybody else I can get my hands on as far as betting against Colorado. Any other closing thoughts? Keep in mind, guys, in the chat, uh, we're asking spring game recaps. I'll hit some more. I mean, just general team thoughts as we go through this. I mean, guys, keep in mind, we might be stuck. I mean, there's no markets opening up uh, here. You know, we'll have similar markets. So uh, I'll try to keep some for future weeks. But, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll have week one stuff. We'll have a bunch of stuff you can get your hands on as far as bets. Uh, hopefully some win totals out there as well. Uh, unless you've got anything else, make sure you guys are hitting the like and subscribe button. Kanish, any closing thoughts? I think, uh, yeah, as you said, hopefully we get uh, some more stuff dropping here uh, in the, the spring and summer. Uh, and, uh, we, you know, we'll get it rolling from there. Once again, Washington, for me, minus eight, minus nine is still good. Again, I think that closes 10. We're fading the news on Michigan State over the weekend. And then make sure. Do you know off the top of your head? I'll give you credit. What was the your your four hockey picks? Yeah, uh, stars under Oilers series price, uh, and then if you best price out there on Kraken and Panthers, Panthers, Panthers minus one fifty five or less. You said I wrote them down. That's how much yeah, I'm trusting. All faith is in with Kanish. <laughs> Panthers plus one fifty five or better. Kraken plus 165 or better, uh, and you know, the under on the stars. And then I late, I just, the the Oilers was a, uh, I'm, I'm way too exposed on this Oilers team and series. So, uh, yeah, when, when Vegas wins, I, uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, you know, come, coming over to, you know, start burning down the whatever center they call it where the Knights play. <laughs> T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Uh, yeah, I won't be. Yeah, I'll be a, a team, I'm, I'm a Verizon guy anyway. There, there you go. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Joey Kanish. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the Hit the Books YouTube channel so you can get notified in real time whenever a new episode drops or we go live. If you do enjoy our content, please smash the like button. If you're listening in audio form, please rate and review five uh, five stars. For all our show updates, make sure you're following at Hit the Books HQ and at the Hammer HQ on Twitter. For Joey Kanish, for our tremendous producer Zach Phillips. I'm Brad Powers. You just listen to Hit the Books.